Please be advised that this episode may contain strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to What the Forks, a podcast in which we revisit a teenage obsession, Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Saga. We are still finding out if our love for this series will shine eternal or crumble to ash under close inspection. I'm Isaac. And I'm Chloe, and in this episode we're talking about Chapter 5 of the novel Life and Death, Twilight Reimagined. I love our welcome chats, but it's quite early in the morning and I've got nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) I've just had cake for breakfast. (gasps) I'm so proud of you. Mm, I'm not proud of myself. Oh no, I love it! What kind of cake? Oh, well, this is where it gets a bit bougie, but um, Ross made an Earl Grey cake. Mm. We tried to make Earl Grey ice cream because we got an ice cream maker. For your wedding? As a wedding gift? Yeah, we got married like a year and a half ago and um, we never got it out of the box. Partly because we moved house and stuff and it's, you know, we didn't need ice cream in winter. Plus it's a homophobic ice cream maker because it was given by that uncle who didn't go to the wedding. Oh no, no! Ice cream shouldn't be homophobic! I know. Of all the things in the world. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't just from him, but it was from that family and his name was on the gift, like on the the tag. It just has a touch. A touch of homophobia. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, the ice cream tastes fine, but I do look at the ice cream maker sometimes and think, what are you looking at? You got a problem with this? Mm. So really, someone out there needs to get you a bigger, better... Gayer ice cream maker. (laughs) So far, we've tried two kinds of ice cream. We tried peanut butter and Earl Grey. Oh, nice. The problem is, so Ross is lactose intolerant. So we tried the peanut butter one with coconut milk and coconut cream. And it was the perfect texture, but the flavour was very much coconut. So then we tried um, Earl Grey ice cream with oat milk and oat cream cream apparently not as thick or fatty tasted great but was a solid block oh no but do you know where this is happening because it's a homophobic ice cream maker yes god damn it yeah but yeah i don't know it just doesn't feel like a very positive start to the morning cake for breakfast like it's not even been anyone's birthday fuck it we're in a fucking lockdown well i know i know but just as i was doing it and i did it like i cut a slice of the cake and i ate it stood up in the kitchen while no one could see me i always do that and i followed it with a tangerine but mostly out of guilt yeah you are that kind of person oh but what else have you been up to anything You got no news. Well, so my personal Instagram, I don't know if I like it. I I go through phases and stuff. I just don't know if it exudes me, the photos that I have posted. Oh my, what a 2020 discussion to be having with yourself. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm like, how fucking privileged. Like, oh, I don't know if it really represents me. I do look through my Instagram feed sometimes and I might delete the odd picture oh, if it doesn't loads. go with it. And you know, I still have photos from 2012 when I first had an Instagram account and I'm like, oh God, I don't even know who that person was. And you know, I've been through relationships. I don't keep those photos, but there are photos that I'm like, I am fully aware where that was taken. I know who I was with then, mm. you know? And I'm like, oh, and I'm such a fucking middle class white bitch like i love flowers so i'm always like oh here's some flowers for your feed like oh like (laughs) so harsh on yourself flowers are lovely because i do it to other people (laughs) 
a nice photo of some flowers. Yeah, I love the flowers. It's more permanent than a bouquet. I didn't buy you flowers, but look, I took a photo. <laughs> So then I posted a photo mm. of myself, which I hardly ever do because I hate it. I sometimes have the opposite feeling, you know? Oh. I sometimes worry that I don't post my face enough on my Instagram. Sometimes I will go to my own page and I will try to imagine that I am someone who I've only met in passing. <laughs> And then I go down and I think, right, if I was someone who just met me but didn't know me well, would I get the information I needed from this page? <laughs> and, what information is it? What are we telling people? Just my face. Yeah, I don't know. Because I go on other people's Instagrams and it is just pages and pages of their face. And I'm like, oh. And I hate that and I don't like following these people. That makes me feel better. About the times I don't do it. About the times I do do it, it makes me feel worse. No, no, because the thing is... Of course you should post photos of yourself. Because yesterday, I'm sorry, but I looked fabulous and I was really feeling myself. And I thought, fuck it, I never do it. I'll post a photo of just me looking great. But then there's a reason you post something of yourself because you want to get validation. Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, during a lockdown, you're like, people, I am still attractive. You know, wait for me. Now, the thing is, I'm not talking to anyone. I'm not interested in anything like that. So it's not for a particular person. No. So why are you laughing? No, I... <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no, I know. I believe you. I'm not... Sometimes it's not about the attention of one person. Sometimes it's about the attention of a grand audience. Yes, that's true. And what I realised is I have way too many female friends. <laughs> oh, I don't think there's such a thing. I don't know where I kind of want to go with this. I was just reviewing my life through Instagram. And I was like, who is this bitch? Wow. We need to get out of the house. Life and Death, Chapter 5, Blood Type, continues from where Chapter 4 left off. It's still Thursday, March 10th, 2005. <laughs> Thank God. At lunch, Edith sits apart from her family and beckons Beau to join her. She thinks that Beau shouldn't be her friend, but she's given up trying not to be his friend. It's all very confusing. Beau is trying to work out what Edith is. She says she wishes he wouldn't try, but is also curious about his theories. When lunch ends, Edith says she is skipping biology, so Beau rushes off alone. In biology, they are finding out their blood types, pricking themselves for samples. Beau faints at the sight of blood, and Michaela takes him to the nurse, but is intercepted by Edith, who takes over. Once Beau feels a little bit better, Edith drives him home. And on the way, they talk a little bit about their families, and Edith explains that she will not be in school tomorrow because she's going hiking with her sister Eleanor. And that is where we get to in Chapter 5, Blood Type. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad that was short. <laughs> well, it's quite a kind of long, convoluted chapter. I mean, convoluted, it's maybe unfair. I don't know, but... I like some of it. This used to be my favourite chapter. I loved this scene. I was so sad it wasn't in the film. I mean, then what, obviously when we reread it, I was like, ugh! But there are parts of this chapter that I'm like, hey! Okay. Kind of like it. I was thinking... Throughout the chapter, well, from chapter one to now, Bo is just obsessed with becoming the butt of someone's jokes. Hmm. He is terrified of being made a joke. And I'm just thinking, has something really humiliating happened to him? Or is this a real teenage experience? 
Now, I remember becoming super aware of my body and being very aware of how I walked and how I held my arms. And it was very uncomfortable because when you're super aware of things, you you tense up and you're quite stiff and rigid. Getting the school bus was agony because I was like, oh, people are watching me. People are looking at the way I walk or sit down. They weren't. (laughs) No one gave a shit. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. I do kind of relate to Bo in that sense, actually. Thinking back to secondary school, I remember being really obsessed with not even being made fun of. Because being made fun of, I think I could cope with. As long as I didn't feel that way. Mm. What did affect me was embarrassment and humiliation. And I remember it became a bit of a philosophy of mine that the strongest human emotion is humiliation. Oh my God. (laughs) I don't know if I feel that way anymore necessarily, but I hope I'm not just speaking for myself. But I think we can all relate to the random 2am cringes. Yes! Like you'll be doing something completely normal. You'll be doing your shopping. You'll be making a cup of tea and suddenly you'll have a full body cringe because of something you did (laughs) more than a decade ago. (laughs) And those people, the people who were there with you probably don't remember it. But those are the memories that stick with me. Like I can't remember what I had for dinner last night, but I can remember a time that I embarrassed myself in secondary school. It took a lot of conscious work because I don't really have that fear anymore. Just working out how to choose to not be embarrassed by something. Or I suppose embrace being embarrassing. I think so. I think it's more embracing it. I just done that. So anyone is free to laugh at that because it was embarrassing. But I've got to get on with my day now. Yes. Whereas what I couldn't do as a teenager was get on with my day or choose to just go, that existed in that moment, but now I need to get on with my life. Mm, mm, That's true, actually. Being a teenager sucks so bad. Mm -hmm, It's hell. I would never, ever, ever want to go back. Yeah, poor Bo. Uh, I suppose. It's just the way it's written. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, Bo. It's tiresome for us to read now, but if we were his age... I suppose, yeah. You'd be like, yeah, you are. Yeah, we'd feel seen. So the gang are all going to prom, bar Bo. Notice how Logan is our Lauren, and Logan hasn't created any hostility towards Bo. We would have already heard of Lauren by this point in Twilight. She would have already been mentioned. She already would have had a problem with Bella because of the whole spring fling. Here we literally just get a name and that's it i don't think he's mentioned again in the rest of this chapter we'll see when they go to the beach whether we get anything from logan cool name logan yeah good name but it's just interesting isn't it he's not created any problems it's kind of like i was saying in our last episode there's just a lack of characterization and i suppose that is what defines boys for maya and she's not wrong boys like girls but less And for once, I agree with her. There's just nothing to these male characters. If Bo mentions his ugly blotches or red blotches one more time... Again, I think that that is trying to masculinise blushing. Yes. Blushing is what it's called. It's called blushing. Men blush, women blush. When the blood rushes to your face and you go red... You're blushing. And people do get blotches when they get really nervous, but that is a different thing to blushing. Oh, yeah, like coming out in, like, an anxiety rash. Yeah. Different. But I don't think that's what he's describing. No. I don't think. Maybe it is. But I I think that Maya is just trying to say... He blushed, but in a manly way. And an ugly, manly, scorching... It wasn't, like, a beautiful pink glow on the cheeks. It was a jagged... <laughs> ugly blotch. 
<laughs> so she beckons Bo over and she winks. And Edward did exactly the same, but it's just better. Yeah, it is just better. I love her. I mean, I'm. I don't appreciate the whole back and forth. You shouldn't be friends with me. I mean, we've said this in the last episode. It just genuinely gets confusing to read. Yeah, because I mean, I do feel a bit for Bo. It's like, well, what do you want? Yeah, I suppose that's good that it's not just like we've gone from Edward where we're like blah and Edith where we're like ooh and it's just flipped our feelings about it still this character is this character and whether you're Edward or whether you're Edith you're still just really confusing it's still not very cool but the way that she handles herself genuinely is written to be better in life and death I think you could change the name back to Edward and the pronouns back to he and you would have a more likeable character I think so because of the subtle changes to the way it's written I have a a little question here about something that's worded slightly differently here than it was in Twilight. So she's staring at him again. And Bo says in his narration, once again, my thoughts refuse to pass through the appropriate filter. Yes. I thought that this was very aware of what we know from Breaking Dawn. <laughs> and it doesn't make a lot of sense for Bo. To me, anyway, it seems a bit transparent that I, I'm seeing Maya through this. Yeah. Referencing what we all already know. Because as people who have read the Twilight Saga, we know that Bo has some kind of power. We're a long way off that ever happening. That's because Maya hadn't decided that would be a thing until the fourth book. Sure. So is she taking this opportunity to be like, oh, I need to plant these seeds for that continuity. But of course, this is a one-off book. This is not going to become its own saga. So... This is not the time. Not the time. No. I agree. I appreciate the superhero chat because the references are still the male superheroes. Yes, but (laughs) I too appreciate the superhero chat. Question I have about this particular sentence you're bringing up, though. He's saying about his theories that he thinks she might be a superhero Mm -hmm. and he describes it as like Clark Kent and Peter Parker level nonsense. Clark Kent is Superman, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. The same thought, the same exact phrase in Twilight also references Peter Parker but references Bruce Wayne who is Batman. Oh! Why have we changed from Bruce Wayne to Clark Kent? And we've kept Spider-Man and Spider-Man makes sense. I was quite excited to see it because we just mentioned with great power comes great responsibility and also the radioactive spider thing comes in later. Peter Parker is a great one to use. Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent. Batman is a darker character. I believe Superman is the first superhero comic. I don't know because I was like is it something to do with their disguise but both of them have their alter ego. Superman just seems lighter and more noble I don't know. Is it because then he later says she is like Supergirl without the cape? Maybe so maybe just wanted to bring in a Superman reference. And I guess with Superman and Peter Parker they are good. Batman is also good he just wears black he's just goth. (laughs) But Batman has questionable things i think he's more broody and darker and yeah i suppose he's rich so is edith though anyway it's there it's happened so there's a reason it's happened yeah you know what i mean like she highlighted that and rewrote clark kent where bruce wayne used to be maybe stephanie meyer really doesn't like the christopher nolan films maybe and she's just like fuck you it's now gonna be superman (laughs) so i'm really happy that Bo still has a problem with blood me too it shouldn't have been changed and it wasn't and i appreciate that well done it does make me feel a bit queasy i forget this about you yes yeah i am quite squeamish 
Mrs. Banner demonstrated as she instructed, squeezing Michaela's finger till the blood flowed. And as I was reading it, I was like, I had to look away for a minute. Oh, wow. Yeah. So would you say you too have a week? What, how do you say it? Oh, I had to ask Siri how to say it. Um, I think it is Vasovigal. Vasovigal? I think it's Vasovigal. Okay, week Vasovigal. Vasovigal. Would you say you have a week Vasovigal system? I would not because I am not as hemmed in by toxic masculinity yes oh my god preach i'm not completely free of it because none of us are but i'm a little bit freer than Bo. (sighs) but before we get there i just want to say i do enjoy that michaela carries Bo outside of the classroom well like supports him as he limps outside yeah i'm like good it's not like, oh, Alan, can you do it instead? True. Yeah, that it's Michaela. I also just really quite liked his description of fainting because we don't really get it from Bella. He puts his head down on the table like Bella did. And then he says, and tried to hold on as everything seemed to get farther away, slithering down a dark tunnel. Ooh, that is good, actually. Yeah. We've got to point them out when they happen. When Stephanie Meyer gets a really good image, which she can do, these books didn't become a phenomenon for nothing. I enjoyed that description. It it really... I felt that. So we said that we hoped the nurse would be a male sexy nurse. I'm so (laughs) excited. We've been looking forward to this for weeks. It's time for our (laughs) male school nurse. And then a grandfatherly old man. The school medic. And I was like, oh... Mm. sexy and he keeps calling Bo's son everyone calls Bo's son anyone who used to call Bella dear now uses the word son but yeah the old man nodded sagely I mean I don't know he could still be hot I mean what's an old grandfatherly man to Bo like Bo is 17 grandfatherly could mean like 60 yeah that's true he could be like I don't know I can't think of an exact George Clooney no what you don't think... George... George Clooney is not, like, a grandfatherly figure, is he? No, but to a 17-year-old, he might be. No, he's always going to be George Clooney. We've still got the weird line, I've seen corpses with better colour. Uh, yes. Again, hide the fact <laughs> that you are a vampire. This is a secret. Maybe don't bring it up yeah, so much. But he doesn't question that. No one does. Just, like, no one questions the fact that their eyes change colour all the time. Like, just... <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Hide your secret. Um, I have a problem with the way that Bo discusses his strength. After the Supergirl thing? Yeah, and after she has lifted him and all this. He doesn't really, he doesn't care that he's not great at sports. Great, fabulous, neither do I. Happy for you. But him saying that, like, don't worry though, because I'm strong enough to defend myself, but I'm a lover, not a fighter. But if I need to, I can. Yeah. Good to know. It means nothing compared to Edith's strength. We don't need it. It's okay. I wrote the lady doth protest too much. Oh, I, I'm not that good at sports, but I mean, I don't have time for sports anyway. I'm, what are you doing, Bo? Yeah, I know! What extra activities are you doing after school that makes you so busy? Renee is apparently scatterbrained. Yeah. But as far as we know... Oh, sh- God, it's just occurred to me. Like, we'll see when Renee shows up later in this book, but it what's never really occurred to us, because it's not the way that she's presented in the movies or in the original Twilight Saga, maybe Renee is disabled. Maybe he is a young carer. Mm, but he wouldn't see it as that. I think she might suffer from perhaps depression or bipolar. Do you think she could be undiagnosed? Yes. In which case, I take away that criticism 
if he has been a young carer basically his whole life, interesting, and that then the only reason, yeah, and then he's leaving and that adds to the reluctance, Renee could be really unwell. Yeah. God, that's dark. It is dark, but it would give more drama and that's what I've been needing. Mm, well, and more truth to his story about moving. Mm, interesting. But yes, this this whole bit bothered me as well. It's very false. Yeah, we don't need it. Something I noticed is a major difference between Twilight and Life and Death in this chapter is the way that Bo gets into the Volvo. It's super different. So I just want to revisit Twilight quickly. Bella does not want to get into Edward's Volvo. She wants to drive herself home. Admittedly, it's probably is the right thing that Edward is driving her home because she has just fainted. He tells her to get in. But she doesn't want to. She says, I was mentally calculating my chances of reaching the truck before he could catch me. I had to admit they weren't good. Edward says, I'll just drag you back. I tried to maintain what dignity I could as I got into his car. Basically, there's this idea of you are going to get into my car because I can physically overpower you to make you get into my car. There is a similar thing here. He doesn't really want to get in the car. But she just outright asks him, are you going to put up a fuss? And he says, is there any point in resisting? And she says, it warms my cold heart to see you learning so quickly. Yeah. This way. It's funny. Yeah. Witty. It's playful. Yeah. She has grabbed a fistful of his jacket, like literally holding him back. And she's able to do that because she's so strong. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, he says, I followed her willingly. Consent. And then there's an unfortunate thing there about the smooth roll of her hips was hit. Oh, yeah. Oh, for God's sake. Can we get to the conversation they have once they arrive at Charlie's house? We get a little more insight into Bo's family life. He doesn't like Phil! What did I say? I asked for more drama. I got a little bit more drama. The whole conversation about Renee really is interesting. It's kind of got a Norman Bates feel to it. Ooh. Uh, yeah, because he, um, you know, okay. it's just a bit weird that his mum was his best friend. It's kind of sad. But then the past tense that is used, I'm like, have you killed her? Oh. She used to be my best friend until I killed her and started wearing her clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Okay, I did not read that like that. <laughs> I thought it was quite touching. Oh, God. She's slightly eccentric, a little irresponsible, and a very unpredictable cook. She was my best friend. She was my best friend before I no, killed her. No, before she <laughs> married Phil and I moved across the country. Also, your mum shouldn't be your best friend, Bo. That's very sad. Like, I'm very close to my mum, and she is a great friend, but she shouldn't really be. It's not healthy. To be fair, we did say that about Bella, because Bella says this as well. And we made the reference to Gilmore Girls, and it's often a coveted relationship, but it's not actually a healthy one in the real world. But I do wonder if there's something a little bit gendered there about the way we view a young man saying this as being creepy, but a young woman saying Maybe. this is endearing. Yeah. I get where you're going. And it is true that in the past, when we've been dating, one of the top things on our list is that we do not want is a man whose best friend is his mother. No, that is a no-no. I've had an ex-boyfriend tell me he will never love me as much as he loves his mother. I know, and I'm like, surely it's a different kind of love. <laughs> Please, let it be different. <laughs> so, Chloe. <laughs> I know what you're going to... Yes. I'm so upset. Corinne? I'm so upset. Is that how you're saying that? Yeah. What the fuck? Corinne. Carlotta was so much better. No, I honestly, I thought it was Carrie. Carrie? 
Carrie? Yeah, I thought... I would not have been happy with Carrie. Would you have been happier than Corinne? Is it Corinne? I guess. Oh, it's not Karine, is it? Karine? <laughs> Karine? I think it's Corinne. Corinne. Okay, Corinne and Ernest. I can't wait to get to know Ernest Cullen. Well, we won't really, will we, so... <laughs> I'm still waiting to get to know Esme. Yeah, exactly. Edith and Eleanor are going camping. Now, I know this is an excuse. They're actually going hunting. But that is her excuse to be out of school. And I'm here for it. You go camping, ladies. I don't understand what you're celebrating here. Two ladies going camping or skipping school? Because you famously are very against (laughs) skipping school. And that's why I didn't mention earlier in this chapter when Bo's like, I'm not one for skipping class, but if she asked me to, maybe I would. And I was like, pathetic. Stick to your morals, Bo. But here you're celebrating. All good points. Now, I didn't really think about them ditching. I just thought, cool, I love that that's the excuse that the girls are going to go fucking camping. Rather than, oh, we're going to leave and go shopping or... Fair, fair. Okay, well, at least that's not changed. Yeah. Irresponsible of them to skip school, but then I suppose, don't they all have medical degrees? (laughs) You know what I liked? What did you like? That she picked his pocket. Yeah, she's a thief! So cool. What is your best bit? My best bit and my worst bit are the same. Oh, wow. And it is Bo's week vasovagal system yes oh my goodness it's my worst bit because it's pathetic it's just a neurally mediate it's just a neurally mediated synco what what i know we were told in the introduction that he's not as wordy as bella he has learnt this because it's happened before yeah so that he can say something fancy Ugh. he fainted so looking it up anything to do with having a weak vasovagal system it's about a drop in blood pressure it's reflex fainting he says that he's like oh cuz people are like what and he's like i fainted well yeah and cuz she comes back at him with more medical jargon. Yeah, I love it. It's pathetic. But yes, it's my favourite bit because it allows her to be very funny. She's very funny in this chapter. Snapping back at him with the funny medical jargon, confusing poor Mr. Cope who can't. And (laughs) it's just very cute. The bit that I laughed out loud was when she says, I'm not letting you drive yourself home in your condition. And he's like, what condition? And she says, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you have a weak vasovagal system. I was like, oh! (laughs) (laughs) You witty, witty lady. So I think my least favourite bit is that Bo felt the need to memorise all that bullshit in order to not seem weak. But it's my favourite that she makes fun of him for it and it allows her to crack those jokes. Edward was never funny. Never. I don't remember any point where he was funny. No, Edward was way too serious. He just constantly has a butt plug up his ass. But... Not in a fun way. <laughs> no. Well, would that be fun all the time? I don't think so. Maybe not all the time. <laughs> I'm just saying, you can crack jokes with a butt plug in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it right now. <laughs> it's not like... oh, My humour's gone. <laughs> I keep all my jokes up my ass, so once it's plugged, they can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> so true for a lot of people I know, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's your favourite bit, Chloe? I agree with you. What? 
Yeah, I agree with your worst and best bits. I think there's just such toxic masculinity running through the course of this chapter that I have no time for. Him discussing his strength, him talking about his weak, whatever we're calling it. But I love the fact that Edith thinks he's an idiot and takes the piss out of him. I'm so here for it. It got me a little bit giddy. My question for you is, does René really play Debussy around the house? No! No, Bo watched a film with it in and that's how he's heard Claire de Lune. That's how we all have heard Claire de Lune because it's used in every film. Follow-up question, what does she play? I think uh, she likes stuff from the 70s. So, you know, Fleetwood Mac. Janis Joplin. Yeah. Come on, come on. Take it! Take another little piece of more now, baby! Oh, for this time in the morning, that was actually really lovely. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Chapter 5 of Life and Death. Join us next time for Chapter 6, Scary Stories. You can find us on social media by searching at ForksCast. And you can rate, review and subscribe to What the Forks wherever you listen. Until next time, take care and stay at home. And remember, you can be funny with a butt puck. Oh,